You ready to roll? Yeah. Get a get a nice little shaky shake from the from the cup. Back to the second and two podcast. I'm your host, TB. I got my co host, producer extraordinaire, Pat Connoisseur. He's got the hundreds on today. Uh, it's us first, then. Us I think you did that last time. Yeah. I did. I definitely did. So apparently, <laughs> I have that logo correlated with the wrong brand in my head. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Okay, Good us first, know. then is kind of smaller these days, a lot bigger yeah. back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I ruined the intro today. Jody, what's up, Joe? Not much, man. You know, we're we're back after another weekend of some games. Which I'm gonna be honest, the second the Sunday games, I don't know how much I really paid attention. Uh I was I was doing some Legos. I was building Legos. I don't know if you built like new sets of Legos or even played with them as a kid really, besides like the big blocky ones, but uh-huh. yeah, I built I built the London Bridge on that Sunday. With like a couple wow. other things in that area, and then over the past couple of days, I built a bonsai tree. So, okay, well, we gotta add that to the introduction. Apparently, freaking <laughs> Lego Builder. enthusiast over here. <laughs> um, so we're gonna start today's episode though with some breaking news. Came out yeah, about news. and about an hour before we started recording tonight um we're recording wednesday night this week and uh it's just been announced that the michigan national championship winning head football coach jim harbaugh has accepted a five-year deal to become the head coach of the los angeles chargers big news bro big news big news yeah what you think so how do you feel about that being that he just left your squad and now he's on the other LA team. Well, and I think I I kind of lightly addressed this previously, but essentially my feeling is, you know, basically as a Michigan fan, is this Harbaugh did everything he's supposed to do at Michigan. I mean, mm-hmm. brought him an undefeated national championship. Yeah, beat Ohio State wild. three times in a row. Like the guy has nothing left to prove there. And if he had stayed, it simply would have been, I in my mind, a quality of life decision because he would have been set. Like I mean, and he still is to a certain extent, but like, yeah, he he, he would never have been fired at Michigan, ever. Especially after been. that, yeah. No, no. And uh, so, I think I did expect it though because he's always said that you know he wanted to win a Super Bowl, and and who can blame him? The guy just won a national championship. He goes and wins the Super Bowl. How many coaches can say they've done that? No, you know what I'm saying? I don't think and any, right? I don't know. Off the top of my head, I can't think of any right now. And I'm sure I'm missing one. Uh, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Oh, uh, yeah. one, one at SC, one at Seattle. I, I knew think, there was one at least. Is, I, I think, think Jimmy Johnson, I think I heard. I don't know. There's there's one other person, and I just can't remember who Bill it is Parsons. off the top of my head. I don't know. But, but ultimately – I cannot blame the guy for wanting to chase his dream. Like, I mean, he yeah. did everything he was supposed to do and good on him. He got the job that he wanted moving forward that he feels he can go win a Super Bowl with. And and to be honest with you, 
I'm just going to put it out there. AFC Championship Chargers next year. On the shot. Yep. Yeah, I, I know you've been trying to sell me on that for the past hour, and, you know, I just don't want to believe it. Whether it happens or not, I don't want it to be true. That's just – that'd be tough being, you know, the Broncos have been terrible the past couple of years, and then this guy pulls in, and it's like, well, now we got a new new man in town who's just going to run – Run the the division with another dude named Andy Reid. Oh. You know what I mean, so shoot, you guys could have had him. You guys could have had him last year. You you wanted Sean that Payton, dude. You got your guy. Let's see what happens. <laughs> they got their um, guy. You know what I mean. The the no, ownership I, I got their the, guy. I do think that the pairing of Herbert and Harbaugh can be wild. It's about one of the best QB head coach combos. You know, you could have. I mean, obviously, you know, we got some yeah. really good ones up there. Andy Reid, Mahomes is a great one. Mm-hmm. John Harbaugh, Lamar is a great one. Um, <coughs> sorry, Matt Lafleur, Jordan Love, could is potentially very good. D'Amico Ryan's and C.J. Stroud, Stroud, Matthew Matthew Stafford, and Sean McVay. But like, I think Harbaugh Herbert jumps right into that conversation almost immediately. Yeah. Um. So if you're a Charger fan. Be excited. Yeah. And I know. We all are. Know, Everyone, they all came out the woodworks with that that message yeah. on X today. We, I'll tell you all that. Of a sudden, all of a sudden, when they're when they're having playoff success next year, there will be uh, suddenly a million more Chargers fans somehow. Imagine <laughs> that. I do think I a mean, lot it's of, better uh, to see them proud of their team as opposed to just dogging them. So, I mean, that's one good true, thing. But true. how many will we see that are new? Nah, I don't know. Maybe a lot more. Uh, all Since of a sudden, they moved to LA. Before 2015, I swore there weren't any Warriors fans, and all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, facts. So, um, speaking of sort of future playoff success here, we want to start today by talking about or asking a simple question, I should say: Which playoff team that has already lost this year is the best setup? to win it all next year. So teams that made the playoffs but didn't make their conference championship, which of those teams is best set up to win it all next year? So I'll give you the list, Jody, and then I'll let you tell right. me who you like. We've got the Buffalo Bills, losers Sunday night. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, losers Sunday early afternoon. The mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers and Houston Texans, losers on Saturday. And then your wild card losers, Eagles, Steelers, Rams, Cowboys, Dolphins, and Browns. Which of those 10 teams, Jody, is best set up to win the Super Bowl next year, in your opinion? Do you want my favorite one or just like a couple I think could be solid? Whatever whatever, whatever you like, dude. Whatever you like. You give me what you like. Well, I will say I don't think the Bucks are in that conversation. They're, it's kind of a miracle they made it to the playoffs almost, you know? They beat beat up on their division. They actually, I mean, the fact they beat the Eagles was really good. We'll talk about that. But other than that, I don't I don't know how much they truly have to help propel them to that that's that big step next year, you know? Let's see. The Steelers, I think they're in a similar boat with them. Considering, you know, Kenny Pickett got hurt. They're on a, a wild ride of different quarterbacks all year. And Mason Rudolph ended up proving to be the best one they had and then fumbled when it when it all mattered, you know. The Browns, same thing with them, similar to the Steelers, you know. 
they they went through what five I think as opposed to just the three they had. Yeah. The running back went down. Nick Chubb early got hurt, and then they couldn't really win. They were like the the Cowboys, but they didn't win. You know, they won at home and couldn't really do much on the road. It was wild. <clears throat> but I think the teams that I do like from here, similar to what you have written down, I don't want to take too much away from that. But I would say the Rams. And the Packers are pretty solid teams to look at going forward. Packers were kind of banged up at receiver. They're really young there too, you know. The Rams, they had just had a young defense. We've talked about that throughout the year. I like the Texans. I don't think they'll be ready to win it all next year. You know, they're they're like really young in terms of just coaching staff and the team. And the Bills, I think, are another team that are gonna have a fall off. They're they're running out of money, kind of. They got to pay people. People are going to be leaving here. A lot of different things going on, you know? So, I don't know. I think the Rams and the Packs are probably my two favorite out of the whole list. Yeah. For all the reasons you hit on, I, I would say my I, if I had to go with the top three, and I'll, I'll, I'll add on here, I like the Rams and the Packers. The Rams finally have their first-round pick. For the first time since 2016, right? Number 19 overall. They have That's 40 crazy. million in cap space with the ability to create more. And pretty much their entire core group will be back. The big free agent they have that's their own free agent this this offseason will be Kevin Dotson, the guard they traded for from the Steelers, who really changed their O line when he was inserted early in the year um, against the Colts, I believe. And he had a great year. So I, I think they'll look to re sign him. Other than that, Everyone else will be back that they had this season. So um, that's a big-time deal yeah, for the Rams. Huge. The Packers, I think, they're like we said, they're extremely young, and they're all going to grow and be back together. They've got the number 25 pick. They've got two second-rounders because of the Aaron Rodgers trade with the Jets. Okay. And they don't have quite as much cap space as the Rams. They have $8 million in cap space, and they got to pay Jordan Love too. So we'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. The third team I would add I think is the Dolphins. Now, the reason I say this, the injuries plagued them throughout the year this year. They did change defensive coordinators today. They're, they mutually parted ways, whatever that means, with Vic Fangio. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see what they do. I've heard yeah, a lot yeah. of talk about Brandon Staley possibly Ooh. being their DC, <clears throat> which is funny because he comes from the Fangio tree. So uh-huh. I imagine there was obviously <laughs> some – there's some, some sort of – disconnect between personalities i would imagine for them to let fangio go but still want to keep that scheme and have interest in brandon staley so we'll see what they do but um the good thing for the dolphins would be jalen ramsey is familiar with brandon staley he's familiar with ramsey and how to use him ramsey had a really successful year with brandon staley when he was the rams defensive coordinator so that 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 kind of makes sense there but Getting healthy for them will be huge. They own their first yeah. and second round picks. Don't have a lot of cap. They've got to make some decisions about Tua, but I do like the talent of that team overall. Could see them having a really good year next year. So those would be my three right now. Yeah, their defense kind of, they all got hurt late in the year, which was tough to see. Just see their playoffs hope just kind of dwindle away slowly. But Hopefully they all come back healthy and, and get things rolling early on next year and get away from the stigma this year where they were just beaten up on weaker teams, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you uh, 
you out there in listener land, you feel like we missed on someone here, let us know. Hit us in the comments on uh, Cowboys uh, would be that only answer. It, well, you know, everyone loves the Cowboys. <laughs> I don't know right now. Them bringing back Mike McCarthy. Some of those Cowboys fans may be upset. We'll see. We'll see how they do. Um, do a little recap from this past weekend, the divisional round. Um, we'll talk about those games, and that'll lead us into our championship weekend preview. I'm super sure. excited for these championship games. If Only got tell. three more games left. Kind of crazy. Well, I guess if you yeah, count the Pro Bowl in a way, four. <laughs> it's always sad when we get to this time of year because you know now yeah. we got to wait for so long for football to come back around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's and wild because I just watched off season basketball game. You know, it was yeah, like, man, it's at that time I got to start flipping over to the NBA. <laughs> yep, it really is. Um, so while we still got football to look at, yeah. we're gonna savor every moment every moment um (laughs) so we're gonna go back to this weekend uh game one texans at ravens Mm. i think we both had a similar feeling on this game in that we didn't love it to be like a good game felt like the texans weren't ready yet kind of punching above their weight class here yeah we did like the texans to cover the nine point spread just seemed like a lot just barely just yeah. barely, we thought. Maybe a backdoor cover. Didn't even get that. Um, the final mm-hmm. was Texans 10, Ravens 34. The Texans' young offense looked young against a really, yeah. really good Ravens defense. They were rolling um, early. Yep. Our guy, and, Devin and, Singletary, couldn't run the ball at all. I was sitting there. He was just getting stuffed at the line. It was all wild. Yeah. And I will we'll actually, when we do some film study later, we'll, we'll talk about that. But mm-hmm. um, in terms of our, our picks... We were over 43 and a half. Woo, barely hit that one. That one late. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, that means had... that Justin Tucker, you know what I mean? He, nah, that's what helped us right there. That one got yeah. over two because of that late field goal. Yeah. Singletary over 59 and a half yards. Mm. We missed on that. We mentioned Tucker over one and a half field goals. That was huge. And then the Texans to cover the nine point spread didn't come close. They lost by 24. Um, when we talked about this game, Key stats that I gave you, you know, I talked about CJ Stroud. He was only 19 for 33 for 175 yards. He averaged 5.3 yards per attempt. Remember, that was about what the Ravens were giving up. And I said that Ravens pass defense is elite. And it was right on par for him. Um, Stroud didn't throw for a touchdown. He looked, I mean, pretty average. Despite actually playing well for a rookie on the road, True. He it just that Ravens defense is legit, and Mike McDonald was cooking. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. It was, and then on the flip side, their offense was cooking too. I mean, Lamar was out there running the ball all over these dudes. Got two tutties on his own, just having a fun day out there on the, on the job. Yeah, I mean, it took him a half to get going. It was ten ten at halftime, but uh, Lamar absolutely took over in the second half. Four total touchdowns, like you mentioned, two on his own, two throwing. He definitely looked like the most dangerous weapon in the playoffs mm-hmm. with that performance. I mean, that's for sure. The thing that the, you hear people talk MVP about right with there. Lamar is you have to defend the initial play, but then the play that yeah. he creates, it's the second play. 
Yeah. And Todd Munkin. The one with his legs. <laughs> I mean, Todd Munkin designs as good a first plays as anyone in the NFL right now, and that's helped Lamar because it's it's given him the easy throws that he yeah. didn't necessarily always get before, and he's taken them, and I think he's matured as well. Yeah. But then when it isn't there, he can still create, and it's not always just taking off and running. Sometimes it is just buying time and yeah. making the throw, and then sometimes – it is taking off and running. Just, I put my no head matter down what, and let it roll. No matter what, I mean, it scares you as a defense. So you got to mm-hmm. guard that guy in like three phases. It's, you know, if it's a pass play, I should say. It's the initial yeah. one to two to three progression read that he's got. Then it's, does he buy time? And you got to defend the scramble drill. And then yeah. it's, if he does you run, we got to rally to tackle the guy. I mean, yeah. seriously, it's like three plays you got to defend in one. It's really tough. Yeah, I think that's one thing that our guy Josh Allen kind of try to try to do every now and again. But he he just, I think Lamar has a better understanding of you know I'm not going to force this ball. Let me just take what I could what's given to me. You know. Well, that's know. the that's the impressive part. He doesn't turn it over that much. Yeah. Which is why he's the MVP. That's I mean that's you put all that together. That's why he's the MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to game two. Um, well, you know, kind of kind of wild the way this one played out. The Packers Niners game. You know, finished at twenty four twenty one Niners. It looked it looked messy right there for the Niners. It looked like that that extra week off just kind of went a little too too well for them. They're just still snoozing through that game, but. Luckily, they pulled it off late, you know, and Jordan Love, he looked good early, and then I think he kind of, like, slowed up in the second half, or maybe maybe they made some great adjustments. I, I couldn't really tell you, but it was, it was a, a wild game for sure. Well, what I would say is, um, obviously, the final was 49ers 24, Packers 21. Um, felt like the Packers mostly dominated the game for much of it. They mm-hmm. entered the fourth quarter up by seven, <clears throat> but they did ultimately beat themselves in the red zone too much. They allowed the 49ers to hang around for just a little too long. Yeah. And uh, they dropped what looked like two interceptions of Brock Purdy. They threw an interception in 49er territory. They missed a field goal that would have put them up seven with six minutes to go. And then ultimately they allowed the 49ers to drive the field for the game-winning touchdown. And then we saw the game finish with Jordan Love basically throwing a Brett Favre-esque interception yeah. across the field that he didn't need to and as he's trying to get the Packers in field goal range to tie it. Um you put all that together, to me, the like the Niners, they have to play better to win the NFC championship. That's they want to sure. get to the Super Bowl. They can't play that way a second week in a row. The the Lions will beat them if they play that way. Um I think the Packers from a talent perspective were right there. A maturity, the maturity part of the game, them being so young, yeah, I think did catch them a couple times, and that's where the Niners have been here with that roster, and I, I do think that mattered, and that's ultimately what won them the game. Um, I, I was impressed by the Packers. I think I had the the Packers covering the nine and a half, but mm. I think I had the the um, Niners winning by like exactly nine. So this was closer than yeah, I expected yeah. it to be. That's for sure. Um, terms of our picks we uh were over 50 and a half the rain hurt us. That's what the rain <laughs> true. Hurt us. that is true that is true um it was, it was a tough one to see just if, if it went to overtime i think we, we would have hit but 
Also, do you want to see a game go to overtime? You know, not really. Well, and also, if we're being 100% honest, if Carlson just makes the kick. Yeah, we would have had the overtime. We would have had it. Yeah. We would have had it because someone would have had to score to win. So, Aaron Jones, you know, he was, uh, we had him under 18 and a half receiving yards. That hit. Mm-hmm. George Kittle, over 53 and a half receiving yards. That hit. Uh, by by a good chunk, he he got that yeah, almost all one like play 80. on the touchdown. Um, yeah, and then true. obviously we said the Packers covered that nine and a half point spread. In terms of keys to that game, we talked about. You know, I talked about the Packers. They had to be efficient on third down. Well, they went seven for thirteen. You know, they were mm, better than fifty percent. They extended drives to help their defense. They won the time of possession battle, but yeah. they were only two for five in the red zone, and that just and they missed that critical field goal at the end of the game. They gave the Niners every opportunity to win. That was the takeaway for me. Yeah, they just let them hang in there just long enough to to get the dub pulled off. I, I mean, yeah. It was a good game, though, for sure. That was a fun one to watch, I'm sure. So I, I think I talked about it last week where I met people that were from, from Wisconsin in Nashville, and I'm sure they're devastated. My mom, she posted like immediately after the game, like, well, like some post about saying, like, at the end of the day, she's proud of where they got or something. I don't know. I don't remember. Some along those lines. But Good for that's your mom, probably... Dude. Great, yeah. great uh, ability to contextualize. <laughs> but all that being said, I think it's probably one of the better games we had in the playoffs so far, which is nice. So hopefully we can get some similar ones going forward. And we only got a couple left, and I'd like them to be, you know, competitive. I'll use that word. I like it. Um, yeah, I agree. It was one of the better games of the playoffs. It wasn't always played well necessarily on the field, but it was entertaining. Um, it was yeah, at a high entertainment value for sure. So we got to move on to game three, the first game of the Sunday slate. I personally felt as though this was the what's the word I'm looking for? I, for whatever reason, I felt this way about Buccaneers Eagles. Bills, Steelers, and then this game, yeah. Buccaneers, Lions. Just like Lopsided the entertainment. I don't know. The entertainment value wasn't as high in my mind. The, the actual football was still worth watching, mm-hmm. but it was not something that I was. It was not an electric matchup, if that makes sense. For a divisional yeah. round playoff game, it didn't feel like that. Even though it was in Detroit, and they, they were charged up, and the and the crowd was great. Yeah, you know. In terms of a pick standpoint, this wasn't our best game. We had the under 49. Obviously, it went over. We had White under 55 and a half rushing yards. This man had 55 yards, so we just barely <laughs> hit it. We hit it. Just, we had I that mean, point five on our favor. <laughs> barely. Um, we had David Montgomery over 13 and a half attempts. He had 10, so we Not missed on that. And then we did have the Lions covering that minus six and a half. We both felt really confident about the Lions kind of – kind of blowing this Buccaneers team out. And yeah. for the most part, the Buccaneers hung around, but they were, it never felt like they could win, if that makes sense. I, I really did feel like it was the Lions game the whole way. Um, they definitely had, like, when the game was playing out, like the Bucks, they would, like, grind to get their points, and then the Lions would take a couple shots, and boom, they're in the red zone. Oh, now they scored, you know? Or whatever yeah. the case would be. It just felt like they were moving the ball a lot quicker. Goff was blitzed on 52% of his dropbacks by the Bucks. We talked yeah. about the Buccaneers blitzing 
The Lions O-line protecting Goff against the Blitz. The Lions O-line was really good at picking it up. They gave him an average of two and a half seconds to throw. He, he was only pressured f- on five of those Blitzes. That's crazy. That's really good. And that meant Goff could pick them apart, and he did. He was really good against the Blitz for most of the year. He was great against the Bucks, and his O-line kept him clean. That's the biggest thing. I know... Goff has gotten better, but that O-line might be the best O-line he's ever played behind, and that's a huge part of this. And the credit to those big fellas up front. We've been giving the credit to the big fellas all year. Not going to stop now. Those dudes had a great game. Um, I think, you know, ultimately the Lions did let the Buccaneers hang around all the way through the fourth quarter. Then their offense finally came alive, and it did feel easy mm-hmm. for two straight possessions. And they got the yeah. the points that they needed. and. The last part is that Aiden Hutchinson has been on a tear. And it's a really fun matchup next week. Him versus Trent Williams. I'm excited to watch that, dude. We'll see what happens. That that'll, Just thinking about the things that will come out of that game from that matchup. Anybody versus Trent Williams that, is a tough is matchup for anybody. Okay? <laughs> I want to see Aiden Hutchinson against Trent Williams because Trent Williams is a dog. We know yeah. it. No, definitely. Aiden Hutchinson's been on a tear, so here we go. I, I, I you, I, you got to throw him on the opposite side, right? Am I bugging? Make him play both sides. You know, sometimes versus Trent, sometimes versus the. Oh yeah! The right oh yeah! Yeah yeah! You scheme that up for sure. Yeah. You scheme it up because you got to. You want to get your best pass rusher some looks against their right tackle instead of yeah. Trent. Yeah. Yeah. And and Aaron Glenn does a good job of moving guys around and doing some different stuff. So, which we will also highlight when we talk later, in terms of previewing these conference championships. But we had one more game on Sunday, mm-hmm. probably the best playoff game to date. I would I would venture to say personally, I thought it was the best yeah. game that I've watched in terms of schematic adjustments. Uh, the level of play, the quarterbacks in the game, the defenses, all of it. I mean, it was a fun game to watch. It had all the drama that you could want. Fumbles mm-hmm. through the end zone, fumbles <laughs> that are batted out of bounds, <laughs> laterals that may not have been laterals, bad calls, drops, uh, fake punts with guys who almost died last year, like all of it. It, it had everything, all the drama, um, and it was a fun game. So it did end up being a Chiefs victory. They moved to 3-0 against – Josh Allen and the Bills, 27-24. We hit the over, 45 and a half. Mm-hmm. Felt good about that. Yeah. Um, we hit on Pacheco's over 14 and a half attempts. Knocked that one out. <laughs> we, uh, Josh Allen, we were hit on the over 43 and a half rushing yards. He rushed for a lot. And, yeah, got well, 72. here's the deal, man. If... Uh, those of you who listened, if you went with me and went Chiefs money line, you went four for four. You're undefeated. <laughs> you listen to Joey, you went three for four. All right? he, he, he took the bills at minus two and a half. I didn't like it. I told him I didn't like it. Told him why. Teach his own. I was going off vibes. I said free, that. Free bread. Like, what's my – What's my, would say. <laughs> what's this? Yeah, I did say. That, that was a good time. That was fun. It was crickets on that guy's end. I wish he would have said something. I wanted to know what he had to say. But, no, you're not wrong. I, I did take the Bills just strictly off vibes. I felt like this was their time to prove it, you know. They, it's now or never, and it looks like never. I don't even – they talked about – You can't – you get yourself in trouble when you start making these decisions on vibes, dude. It's not about the vibes. <laughs> it's about 
What does the evidence tell you? What's the film tell you, Jody? Well, the film told me our guy Tyler Bass missed wide right to set to possibly send it to overtime. And I don't know if you've seen on X, but they've been talking about their Cancun flight, and it's they've put up an imaginary goalpost, and they got it going wide right at the goalpost, which is kind of funny. But oh, no, I, I think ultimately. It just comes down to, uh, even if it would have went to overtime, I don't think they pulled it. I talked about that all year. If it goes to overtime, I'm not going to, I'm not trusting them. And I I told you and, and our guy CB, he's like, yeah, you know, at least it got over with quick. You, you, quick and painless. You don't want to have the chance. You have the opportunity and then either your defense fumbles. It's like, well, all right, they, they let them score and it didn't matter, you know. So I don't know. But, um. I will say this, this the game Chiefs has a lot run, of the Chiefs run defense. They uh, they got gashed on the second drive, and that was a key thing that we talked about was their ability to stop the run. The Bills have really been unstoppable since they started running the ball this well, and uh, so they got gashed early. But they did settle in and stop the Bills' rushing attack for a lot of the rest of the game. But the Bills racked up and accumulated so many yards early. Um, the numbers looked good for them. They had 182 yards rushing overall. Um, that might have signaled a win for them if you just told me that stat before the game, right? Yeah. But Josh Allen only had 186 yards passing. They almost had more rushing yards than passing yards in that game. And Allen's the Chiefs offense. defense, they got seven third down stops throughout the game. They stopped a fake punt on fourth down. That was mm, huge. Yeah. That was the moment it felt like the Chiefs had won the game when that happened. Well, they, well didn't they run that? Obviously, on, like, their the Bills had plenty line? of. Yes, yes, they were at their own 35, I believe. Um, Wild. And obviously the Bills had other chances, right? The field goal could have tied it, whatever, whatever. But even if that had happened, Mahomes had like two minutes left. Yeah, facts. So to me, they lost the game when they didn't convert that fake punt. Do I hate the call going for it on fourth down? No, you're playing Patrick Mahomes. I like that. The fake punt, dude, if you're going to keep Josh Allen on the field, let him go make a play, honestly. I mean, that's always going to be the argument when you don't get it, though. So I'd also understand. If he had gotten it, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, Sean McDermott, big balls. He did it, right? (laughs) So, um, you know, that's just kind of you're playing the result. But I I do think ultimately if you go back and you ask Sean McDermott – he could do it again. You might just put the ball in Josh Allen's hands and let your best player determine whether or not you're winning or losing instead of yeah, a, a gimmick on a fake punt. But okay, so the fumble out the back of the end zone that kept the Bills in it after the failed fake punt attempt, and they yeah. never capitalized. Nope, on that they, they never capitalized. Well, wasn't it a three and out right after? It was just like well, yeah, they threw all these deep shots, but they never connected against the Chiefs DBs. They're a really good group at defending the the deep ball. And I'm excited then looking forward to next week. This Chiefs, these Chiefs DBs versus those Ravens receivers. That's yeah. going to be fun. That's going to be really fun. What's it called? You talked about that fumble at the end zone. So Johnny sent us the stats for our guy, McCole Hardman, right? We haven't done awards oh. all postseason, but yeah. you could guess where I'm going with this one. He yeah. one carry. Minus one yards, two fumbles, <laughs> one catch, two yards. <laughs> it was a tough, tough day for our guy. I'll tell you that. Yeah, no one had a tougher day there. Except maybe Josh Allen because he lost. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, true. So let's look at championship weekend. We got to look yes. at the games. You know I'm excited. You know I love these previews. You know I'm juiced up, dude. Okay. <laughs> um, Chiefs at Ravens. That's the first game. Mm-hmm. To be honest. What time is I this look- at? Do you know? Because last week I was thrown for a loop when when you guys started talking about the Lions so, game. So I believe these games are three thirty and six thirty Eastern. Let me double okay. check for you. Yeah, let me okay. let me let me do a quick look see because yeah, so they're three and six thirty Eastern. Okay, sounds good. So, which you know, for you and I, a little earlier than Eastern time. We're both yeah, different yeah. time zones, but neither one of us is Eastern time zone. But so I mean, Eastern, we could figure out what in there. A couple minus here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know where you live, you, you know how to do the math. There. <laughs> um, so, such up that features two of the top 10 offenses in yards per play and two of the top five defenses in opponent yards per play. Um, it's two of the best mm. quarterbacks in the league, two of the best yeah, defensive coordinators sure. in the league. I mean, there's not much more you could ask for in terms of a conference title matchup with a Super Bowl trip on the line. There's yeah. not a more competitive game that you could have given us here. And that's why I'm so excited. Um, now, there's small advantages on each side to me. For the Chiefs, it's their run game, which is not sexy when you have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. But the yeah. one weakness we've pointed out all year, since about week eight, I, sh- I would say, for the Ravens, is that they give up four and a half yards of carry. And we're going to talk about that, you know, when we look at the film here in a second. They mm. shut the Texans down. They did not let the Texans yeah. run the football. So True. maybe that defense is a different beast in the playoffs. And I'm not saying you're going to win the game with Patrick Mahomes only throwing 20 times. You're going to have to lean on your best player. But Pacheco needs to get 15 to 20 carries, in my mind, in order for them to win this game. Because if they just let, if they just make Mahomes sit back and cook, I think that Ravens defense is too good. Um, okay. Now, if the Ravens get up and the Chiefs don't, they can't run the football. They're in a real tough spot, and that could very well happen. Right? We know yeah. that's kind of the formula the Ravens have had when they've played other good teams this year. It's what they yeah. did to the Lions. It's what they did to Seattle. It's what they did to the Forty Niners. Yeah. Right. So it's a formula that's tried and true for the Ravens, and we may see that in this game. Now, to the extent where they beat them by 20, no, 20, I don't think yeah. so. Right. This is that's a tough. really competitive game in my mind. But on the flip side, if you're the Ravens, their their turnover margin ranks number two in the league. They are at 0.7 this year. So they're almost a full turnover up per game on their opponent. Whereas the Chiefs are at the rank twenty eighth, they're at negative point six. So if you if you had to guess in this game who's going to win the turnover battle, numbers say the Ravens. Yeah. Um, we mentioned playoff turnover trend stats during Wild Card Weekend preview, and uh, we know that turnovers are a huge factor in determining wins and losses in the playoffs. So the Ravens do win the playoff turnover battle. Um, you you could imagine they win this game. The Chiefs are able to keep yeah, that close, keep running the football, give Mahomes the opportunity to win it at the end. Chiefs fans would feel really good about that. So this is a great game. I think it's a true toss-up. I'm freaking excited to dive into it. 
Yeah, so based off all that, I'm looking for the first bet we're going to talk about, at least I'm giving you. We're going over under. That line sits at 44 and a half. And so when I was doing research, you know, I, I, I had some time to mess with today. I was looking up stats, you know, not really much I've done over the Jody past. Research. Jody Bob, let's go. So our, our guy Lamar, right? They play, he, he has played the Chiefs four times in his career. And at the time, I don't know why. I don't know if, if you flipped. I don't think you did. But I don't know if you flipped the games on me or what. I had them in the wrong spot. So I had the, the over-under for the Lions in the, in the Chiefs game and, the, and vice versa. And so when I looked, I was like, oh, man, this might be tough. I don't know where I want to go with this. And then I figured out that, that I had it wrong altogether. And I was like, oh, this is even better than I thought. So Lamar has gone over 44 and a half in every game that he's played against the Chiefs when, since being in the league. I think the closest they had was a, like a 45 or 46 point total where they just snuck it out. But ultimately, 4-0 against that, that number in his career. And I think with the magnitude of the game, the dudes that we're looking at in the, in the game, you know, Patty Mahomes, Lamar, Apparently, Mark Andrews is coming back, too. I don't know. if that. Yep. So that's going to be another factor. Yep. I think there's just going to be over 44 and a half. I think we'll definitely get 45 points in this game. Yep. I like that. Let's, uh, let's, let's go to the tape. Let's really talk about this thing. Let's dive into it. All right. So with the Chiefs last week, I talked about their defense and why I like them in the matchup with the Bills. This week, if the Chiefs are going to win this game, it's going to be because Mahomes is that special, right? And so I'll just kind of give you an example of what I mean when I say that special. All right, so this is a play third down against the Bills, right? You got Travis Kelsey going in motion. They're going to run cover two to the boundary. But they're playing man to the motion side to the field here. Or I should say cover two to the field. They're going to run man. They're going to man up in the boundary, right? But they're going to play it with a a high safety. So it's like two man to the boundary, cover two to the field. Now, this is important because anytime you have a man side and a zone side, the hardest thing that you could ever have as a defense is when you get unders. Because if an under goes from a zone side where they're going to zone it off, to the man side where everyone's manned up and there's no one there to take him, that's always going to be tough. You got to have rules for that, yeah. right? So you're going to see Rashi Rice, he's going to run the under. Now, here's the thing it takes time and it doesn't get open right away. So, what does Mahomes have to do? Improvise. He's got to go be Superman. So, here we go. <coughs> see Kelsey in motion. Here's yeah. the route concept, right? Now, you can see again, man side, man side. Cover two, safety, cover two side, right? Flat, deep half, hook. And now he's got man on the back who is in protection right now. Pacheco's in protection, right? So now watch. Number seven is on the zone side. So he's saying, okay, I'm zoning off. And he's trying to talk to AJ Klein right now to say, you've got an under coming to you. I'll stay disciplined over here and I'll see the back out. Well, where's AJ Klein's eyes? He's looking at the back. Now, again, nobody's necessarily open right now because, again, you can can see even if he wants to throw this, there's an underneath defender here. No one's really open, and pressure is getting to him. 
So what does he do? Reverses out. By the time he does that, look who's open. Yeah. The miscommunication, right? AJ Klein went and got his back. Johnson did not run with the under. (laughs) He did did see it late and say, oh, crap, we didn't switch this. Look, you can see the communication. We're playing, man, I know. Look at his eyes. I've got the back. I've got the back. I've got the back. He's trying to tell him, hey, you've got an under coming. You've got the under. I'll take the back. Where do his eyes go? To the back. Still stuck there. He sees Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes is trying to scramble. I got to get out here. This dude is still like, I got to get to my back. He's like, oh, yeah. crap. No one He's went like, over oh, here. He didn't. He never chased. So now he makes run across the whole field, get the tackle. And there you go. And that's how you end up with that special play from Mahomes. So this is the kind of thing we're going to have to see from Mahomes, I think, in this game to beat this Mike McDonald defense. He's going to have to do that regularly. <laughs> just random so, bootlegs, or you mean just like extending plays, making them have to, to like communicate and figure out what's, what's getting changed across their face? Extending plays, forcing them to communicate with motions, trying to figure out their rules, and beating it. The problem is the Ravens run so many defenses. And they're so electric with what they've done this year with Mike McDonald and the personnel that is so impressive that it's going to be hard. And Mahomes is going to have to put on the cape. I'm telling you, he's going to have to be <laughs> super. He's going to have to have one of his best performances to beat these guys. That's just that's the reality. Yo, so I got a quick question before you you get rolling in this. How do you feel about our guy Jadavion Clowney right there, rocking 24? Well, when he plays the way he's played this year, he can wear whatever number he wants. Because that was the first time I've seen. I I haven't seen this guy have a year like he's had. This is a career year for him. I don't know that a lot Mm. of people have talked about it, but you turn on the tape, he's always been a good run defender, but his pass rush has been better with the Ravens. And, And then he's killing it in the run game, setting edges. There was at least four runs that I watched when I watched this tape I was like, well, there's Jatavion Connie again, setting an edge, making a play. <laughs> and I was I had to decide which of his four great plays in the first half I wanted to highlight, right? Because there were so many. Yeah. Um so great I question. Was say, it, it's just he was the first dude I seen since they like changed the rules on picking whatever number you want, where I was like, that's a that's a Dean Lyman rocking 24. That threw me off for a loop. I know. I know those people are rock zero and stuff, but it's like when I seen him because he got a sack and like I don't know maybe he did the like little fresh off the shirt and I was like that's Jadavion Clowney I was like this makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. So watch Clowney. Obviously, I've got him highlighted for a reason. Watch Clowney on this play. This is first and ten. We talked about it. The way you beat the Ravens, you got to run the ball, right? You can run it on them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ask the Texans how that went all game. Look at yeah. Clowney. Sets the edge. He says, you're going to disrespectfully try and block me with a freaking tight end. Dalton Schultz yeah, can't block true. me. Dalton Schultz can't block me. He punks him. Yeah. TFL, and then he body slams him. Come on. You can't yeah, block him with a tight end. You're not going to set the edge with a tight end. You better go send Laramie Tunsil at this dude if you want him blocked. He shoved him out the way, bro. That is crazy. He shoved, dude, he little boyed. The tight end, and then Devin Singletary. And then Schultz was like, "You see the way he tackled them? That's that's unfair. You see that? Yes, that's what I'm saying. So that's first down. Now here's the great part about the Ravens' defense, right? 
You try to run the ball on okay, first man. down. Okay. Now we get them in second and 11. Okay, so now this is where they get exotic. This is where they do fun stuff, right? The front four are all going, okay? Mm-hmm. They're going to blitz Roquan Smith. Patrick Queen's got the back. Once he sees the back is in protection, he's going to add to the rush. Remember, we've talked about that before. If you've got the back in, in man coverage, you blitz the face of the back if he stays in protection because if they've got a six-man protection, now you bring seven, you're adding one more than they can block, right? Or they've yeah. got a five-man protection, you know, whatever, and you're bringing six, that's, you want that one extra number, okay? Now, they're bringing five. Uh, Roquan Smith is going to, or Patrick Queen's going to end up being the sixth rusher because they are going to keep one high safety. They're going to play man-free. Everyone else is manned up, right? And you'll see, this is what the Ravens love to do. Because Mike McDonald can get exotic looks, this looks like some exotic pressure. He's just going to get the back. And now you can see, though, they do generate the pressure. Force Stroud off the talk, out of the pocket, off his spot, trying to make a tough throw and catch. Did Dalton Schultz drop that ball? Yes, absolutely he did. But the pressure made Stroud flush out of the pocket, make a throw on the run, makes his receiver adjust. The guy can't quite get there. Kyle Hamilton's right there. It's a drop. But ultimately, you get him in third and long. And this is what that Ravens defense was doing all game long, right? Yeah. And they were having fun. You could just see it. They rallied to the football. I don't know that I've watched a defense on film and enjoyed it as much as I've watched enjoyed watching the Ravens this year, to be honest with you. Because they've been humming, huh? They 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 I mean they they run to the football, they gang tackle, they have a good yeah. time out there. When they don't let you run the ball, McDonald gets exotic with all the different and versatile players he has. That's the fun part. Like Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. You can pretty much do anything with those guys. Kyle yeah. Hamilton, that guy can play anywhere, right? So, and then when you've got guys up front who are playing as well on their D-line as they are, you can mix up all your stuff. You can do it all, the range of things that you want to mm-hmm. do. So for Mahomes, everything's on the table. You're going to see drop eight. You're going to see sending six. You're going to see sending seven. You're going to see fire zones. You're going to see regular zone coverages, quarters, Right, quarter, quarter, half. Like you're gonna see it all. I guarantee you, you're gonna see everything from him that he <laughs> thinks they can effectively run. And then it's on Mahomes to figure it out. And we know, like, what's beaten Mahomes in the past? When Lou Anarumo and the Bengals gave him anything he didn't expect, yeah, Mike true. McDonald is equipped with the personnel and the schematic knowledge to do the same thing, and and probably do it better, quite frankly. And that's why. I know people are kind of getting back onto the Mahomes train here. Yeah. But I think this is the best defense he's ever played in the playoffs. Ooh. I'm excited. I'll say that. And one more quick point to to your uh, statement you just had where they swarmed in the ball and stuff. That last play, there was two dudes in the area to make the tackle had he caught it. Not to mention Jadavion Clowney running up from where he was and putting like somewhat of a pressure where he was within like five yards of that drop. So it's that, that, that alone is crazy. That's the other part, right? What's always been the knock on Jadavion Clowney? Oh, this guy doesn't no play hard or whatever. You, want to call it, yeah. you watch the film. I don't know who's coaching D line there, but they've gotten that kind of play hard consistently. Yeah. That's why he's had such a good year. And, and I, you know, I attribute a good chunk of that to Mike McDonald too. 
that dude's a fun dude to play for. You can see it the way they play. And I know I'm giving that dude a lot of love right now, but I'm just telling yeah. you, if you watch it and you watch <laughs> the film, you consistently come away saying the same things. And that's why I'm saying what I'm saying right now. Yeah, I got you. So the next thing we're giving you is my, my prop bets for this week. So I, I kind of, you know, with a little bit amount of games we got, I kind of try to do two for each team as opposed to just one in the past. Give a little more insight as to what I'm looking at for these games. And so I honestly, I don't even know if I want to save mine for the Chiefs because you might have sold me to have to take the over instead of the under. But so based off what you said, I was gonna. I was thinking we take the under attempts on Pacheco. Just my initial thoughts, because it was fourteen and a half. It didn't change from last week. After well, and even, here's, here's what I'll say. Yeah. Just because I think they got to run the ball and they got to get yeah. Pacheco the ball, I don't necessarily know that that's how it's going to play out. I'm not telling you I hate the under here. Uh-huh. What I'm saying is, if I was them, if I'm on Andy Reid's staff, I'm telling him. We got to give Pacheco 15 carries. We got to give Clyde Edwards Hilaire five to eight carries. We even got to put, yeah. you know, I don't know, uh, maybe not after last week, me call Hardman, maybe not. <laughs> we got to give, we gotta give guys touches and, yeah. and still run the ball effectively. We can't just drop back past Mahomes 50 times against these guys. We can't. We'll get yeah. him killed. We'll get him killed. He'll throw a couple picks. Like, it's going to, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I thought for me, I was like 15 again. That's going to be tough because considering last week we got it on like one of the last plays, you know, it, w- it was down to the wire. And then with that same thought, I was like, the, the way the Ravens played the Texans, they stuffed Devin Singletary, got yep. plenty of things on that defense. And, I was like, maybe I take the under on his yards too. That one I don't feel as confident as, as opposed to taking the under on the attempts. But that one I was kind of looking at as well. And then, of course, our guy Travis Kelsey, he's got to put on a show for, for his shorty, as Tony Romo would like to say. So I, I, we're taking him on a touchdown. <laughs> all right. I think I like all those, actually. The under on his yards too for Pacheco? Yeah, I, I think I like the under on both of Pacheco's props there. Um, simply because even though I think it's the way for them to win, not sure they're actually going to do it, to be quite frank yeah, with you. That's what I was thinking, yeah. too. On top of that, just like all the all the data says, at least the recent data says, to, to take the overs, right? Pacheco goes for 13 consistently on carries. His his yards, he's gone 100. He's got 100 the last two weeks with like 90-something the week before that, I think he got seventy-seven in a game, and then like another eighty-something. I was Let, like, I don't know. It, it looks the Ravens are a different defense. They just all that's all exactly. That's the why Bills I was like, Dolphins. something tells me the Ravens are just gonna they're gonna make it a non-factor to where they got to do it in a different way. And that's where I was thinking these under. So that's where I roll. I but my two I'm gonna say officially are the attempts and the touchdown, the yards. Do what you will with that one. And my bad, I, I kind of just stopped talking. The The Ravens picks I'm looking at, it's the same dude, different things. I'm taking Lamar Jackson, his over rushing yards. This one's kind of a lot. It's 64 and a half. But if you look at last week, I got Josh Allen. Not only did he get 72 yards rushing on this defense, but he's got two touchdowns. And with that being said, I'm also liking um, 
Lamar Jackson to get a, a receiving and or rushing touchdown along with his 64 and a half yards over on the rushing. I feel like he's definitely getting close to like 80 because last week he got a hundo. And if Josh Allen could get 72 on these dudes, I think he's smoking them. You know what I mean? I like it. I like it. Okay. Final score prediction. What you looking at? Chin on a secret. Come on. Chiefs, 23. Uh huh. Ravens, 27. All right. Ooh. I got the Ravens winning at home, advancing to the Super Bowl. Some of you are like, how could you possibly pick against Mahomes? Once again, I think personally, for this season, this is the best defense Mahomes has played in his playoff career. And that's including that Bucks defense. That he played in the Super Bowl and only scored nine mm-hmm. points against. Okay. Ooh. Now his offensive line is a lot better than that offensive line was. Mm-hmm. Skill players are also worse, mm-hmm. but I, I do I do think Mahomes is still that dude, right? I'm not an idiot. Um <laughs> but the other part is not only is that defense he's playing against that good, dude, Lamar Jackson's the MVP of the league. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, he's been killing it. Him and, and, and he had four production. touchdowns last week. So in my mind, it's a great game the whole way through. A little bit of a defensive struggle early, I think. Teams fill each other out. Lamar and Pat cook back and forth a little bit. Ultimately, I think the biggest difference is that, um, you know, I think a turnover probably goes the way of that makes sense. To the, the Ravens. Ravens. Maybe they're able to run the ball just a little bit more effectively than the Chiefs. And then I, I just think it's a, it's a big game for Lamar. And uh, yeah, I think he gets it done. Definitely. I think they go to the Super Bowl, dude. So before I give you my money line and my spread bet on this one, I got a question for you. Yeah. Now, you obviously don't know this one's coming, but what storyline would you like to hear more? The, the Ravens go to the Super Bowl where there's a potential for two brothers to win a national championship and the other wins a Super Bowl? Okay. Or that the teams that opened up Thursday night at the first game of the year is the same teams playing in the Super Bowl to close out the year. Hmm. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> I think there would be something pretty special to see two brothers win a natty in the Super Bowl in the same year. And, and we already saw dad do the who's got it better than us at the championship parade right after the game. Can we imagine seeing that at a Super Bowl right after the game <laughs> in the same year? Yeah. That would be wild. The, and the fo- the Harbaugh family's football royalty, man. So I'll yeah, go with that one. For sure. So that was just a quick, <coughs> quick little headline stories that, that potentially in the works. You know, that one also kind of has potential to tie in with the, the Super Bowl logo. I don't know if you've seen that conspiracy out there. I have seen that. Yeah. Funny. But. <laughs> so for this game, my money line and spread bet, I'm taking the Ravens minus three and a half, which means I like them for the money line as well. That's what you have. You have the over, or I guess you're taking the Ravens as well, technically with your with your 27-23 score. I just think I we've am. seen them. We've seen them beat plenty of good teams this year by a margin larger than three and a half. So I'm just riding with the Ravens. I think it's their, their this is their year to get it Dang. done for sure. 
We woke up feeling dangerous because we are in agreement all the way through. Every prop, every over-under. Oh, ooh, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm not I feel a perfect week coming on, but I'm saying it feels good. All right? Yeah. I, uh, this is the first time. Here we go. Like, NFC Championship. In a while. Yeah. NFC Championship. Lions at Niners. Key stats here. Ultimately, I think this game feels like it comes down to Goff versus Purdy. Like, yeah, the Lions' true. defense is not Maybe. a juggernaut, but what they've done well this season is stop the run. They rank top uh, in opponents' yards per rush, top five in opponents' yards per rush and yards per game. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, the Niners, they rank top 10 in all rushing offensive statistics, which has kept them on track, right? They're always on track on the downs. Yeah. Um, but when the Packers did stop the run last week, they forced the 49ers to be one-dimensional, and Brock Purdy didn't look nearly as good. He was good enough yeah. to win, and we may say, hey, maybe it was the rain, whatever. Couldn't grip the ball, True. whatever it was. But he didn't look as good. So if the Lions stop the run, it becomes Gert, Purdy versus Goff, and the QB who plays cleaner football will win the game. I think it has the feel of kind of a muddier game. I love the skill position players on both sides. I should think the skill position players on each side have an advantage against the defenses. And yet, for some reason, I just think this becomes like a weird, muddy game that's defensive. A defensive battle comes down to some big plays at the end to send someone to the Super Bowl. That's kind of how I feel. No, that makes sense. It's that kind of ties in with one of the props I was looking at later on, but. In terms of the over-under in this game, it sits at 51. And Oof. when I was looking at it, is, yeah, it is pretty high. But Jared Oof. Goff, so when he was with the Rams, this kind of ties back more to that time. But he's played them nine times in his career. He's played the Niners nine times in his career, I should say. One time was with him being in Detroit. And he dropped 70 in that. Or I guess the combined score was over 70 in that game. And as a whole... He's four and five against the over being fifty one, so I I think I like that over considering I'm assuming because that was two years ago and then he last played them. So the 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 Niners have a lot more weapons. Hopefully Debo's back because that's uh, another issue I think that ties in the why Brock Purdy couldn't really do much throwing the ball. But if not, I think the Lions could do very well throwing the ball and. And he lights it up as opposed to Brock Purdy trying to throw little gashes here and there. All right, so here's where we our first difference <laughs> of the week because I'm not sure if I'm a fan of that over. Think I'm I think I'm going under here, but I see what you're saying, and I I do like I said I think the skill position players on both sides actually have advantages. Yeah, I think I'm I'm trusting the defensive coordinators to generate pressure, the dudes up front to win. And to stop the run and to force these guys to beat them throwing one dimensionally, and that's where I just think um, it gets a little sloppier. And that's my yeah, guess. I but get you. Um, enough talk, dude. Let's let's go through some film here. All right. So I talked about a little bit about the Lions' defense against the Buccaneers and how they muddied the picture for Baker Mayfield. Right. So you're going to see they're in a five-man front here which in itself always creates a different picture on the back end, right? So it's seven-man box right now, right? So for Baker, oh, we're going to run a little play-action pass. Great. 
We got a seven-man box. You should love that. Well, yeah, true. they're going to send, right, five, but it's not the five you think. They're going to drop the guy on the, oh, the boundary side who's on the line of scrimmage. He's going to drop out and play the flat to that side. They're going to play a little cover two to that side. The corner is going to be the, 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 the halves player. They're going to play a hook, a flat to the field. They're actually going to blitz the nickel guy, and everyone else is going to stunt away from him. Then they're going to drop the backer into the hook. The corner becomes a flat defender, and the safety to that side becomes the, the, the halves player. So they're going to play four under, two deep, fire zone, sending five-man pressure. Now, if Baker's able to identify this, there are people who are open. Oh, right there. Right? But what look what happened. He doesn't identify it. It's a sack before they know it. It's a great yeah. call by Aaron Glenn. Oh, well yeah, executed. Aiden Hutchinson, right? Tackle's worried about Aiden Hutchinson. He's not worried about a DB blitzing off the edge. <laughs> Once again, there you go. He's looking well, to this side. On that side, which is also tough. They're in cover two. They just got real lucky in terms of the the uh, the route concepts ran right to him. So by the time Baker gets back over to the other side, look, Hutchinson's in his face, and he's like getting ready yeah. to escape, and now he's getting hit by Melifonwu back. Great play, great design, great scheme, great execution, right? Let's go yeah, flip definitely. side. Let's look at the Niners, okay? And, and to finish off with the Lions, they were actually pretty awesome early on against Baker Mayfield. They did everything from sending six. That play was the play before their interception. That next play when they intercepted him, they dropped eight. Oh, wow. And they, they were showing C.J. Chauncey Gardner on the line of scrimmage like he was blitzing in the A-gap, and the guy ran the pipe like it was Tampa 2 and gets a pick on the tip <laughs> ball. So they were doing everything in that game, okay? Um, they bring edge pressures. They um, they love to create takeaways. They've done a good job of that stuff. They stop the run, and then they try and create takeaways in the pass. <clears throat> now, makes sense, makes sense. the thing for the Niners, the best – the Niners are the best offense in the league when they run the ball like this. And it's a cheat code to be able to go to Christian McCaffrey anytime they want to, right? Mm-hmm. The man does it all. He, you know, I'm assuming this is the play he runs for a touchdown, right? Am I not mistaken? It, it is. Like and I apologize to everyone who's watching can actually see me, man. The sneeze attacks are getting me today. Um, but trying to mute that mic for those of you who are just listening. Anyway, um, <laughs> So it's just a cheat code to be able to go to Christian McCaffrey anytime you want to. He kept them in this game through three quarters because Purdy struggled outside that one big throw to Kittle on the touchdown. Yeah. But true. if they can lean on the run against Detroit, they're, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I have no doubt. If they can run the football against Detroit, they, they're winning the game. That's the biggest thing, right? If they're going to yeah. win this game, this is what it's going to look like. Okay, all they're doing is running zone. It's wide zone. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. Okay, but they're running it with a fullback lead. True old school pro eye, but they're going to lead yeah. out and double out on the nine technique, who's supposed to set that edge, but he has no shot when he's getting double teamed by these these Forty uh, ers tight ends and fullbacks. You're going to get a crack by the receiver at the bottom of the screen on the safety in the box, and now it's eighty eight out the gate because you give Christian McCaffrey a one-on-one -on -one because everyone else on the O-line is winning their matchups, not necessarily just driving guys back, 
but they're playing with great angles and cutting guys off so they can't get to McCaffrey. And if you give McCaffrey the space yeah. and one-on-one with a safety in the hole, here it is. Look at that. See that that alleyway. There. Yeah. Him versus Darnell Savage, one-on-one. Darnell Savage Ooh. never had a chance, bro. Never had yeah. a chance. Touchdown. Never had a chance. Again, this is a cheat code, man. Look at it from the behind angle. It's really fun. See how Man, everyone that, that guard moving I'm right play there. Side. I'm play side. I'm play side. I'm working to get play side. I'm working up to the backer. I'm play side kicking out. I'm on my way. I'm cracking down. Look at this thing. Everyone has won and done their job. Yeah. Look at this. He's supposed to be over the top and in this gap. That backer is not there. Quay Walker is not in gap. Because he got beat by an angle. So there's the crease. McCaffrey knows. Now it's just time to be a ball player. One-on-one. Shoot. Shoot. That one extra block by Ayuk. Touchdown. And like I said, if the Niners are able to do that consistently in this game, they win. Yeah. But I do think the Lions have a shot to stop them. I do. Because they've been good against the run all year. That's interesting. I should have looked into those numbers. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, for the props on this game, first one, little little extra nugget. Prize picks has Christian McCaffrey half a yard. So go go hammer that with whatever you think was gonna hit because that's free money. But in terms of the things that I'm gonna look at, Christian McCaffrey touchdown. The guy got two last week. You kind of mentioned it now, where they kind of need to run it through him, especially if Debo is in there. That man's gonna be got his work cut out from this week in the, in the championship game, and little little ones I kind of like because last week's game, Brock Purdy to throw a pick, you know the half over under. Kind of like that one because considering what we saw last week, there was some some ducks he threw that he was fortunate enough to have dropped and or the wide receiver break up for him, and then with that also being said, I, I like. Under 27 and a half passing yards for him. He's only hit that number seven times all year. And five of those that he hit him were in a six-game stretch starting in, like, November. So he hasn't he hasn't come close to that. And I don't think this is a, a time where he will. You know what I mean? Yeah. So those are the ones I'm looking at for the Niners. Now on the flip side for the Lions... I mean, you're not to stick with me through my notes because I don't remember what I, where I went with this. Because Amonra was has been the leading receiver for the the Lions in 13 games this year, and oh, okay. So uh, going back to Prize Fix, they added a new thing where it's like demons and goblins or something. Where if you get a little green dude, it's it's like a discount on their prop, but your payout isn't as good. And if you get the red dude, demon time. It's it's you get more of a bonus, you know. So the green the green dude sits at like fifty something yards, and that number he's only missed three times all year. So that's free money if you're looking at me. It's a little bit less payout, of course, but I think that's a a better line to look at for him. But ultimately, we're taking his touchdown. He scored eight in the last eight times in the last eleven games, but really relying on him going forward for this team. So I like his touchdown prop. And I'm also looking at Jameer Gibbs, either rushing attempts 
Never mind. I guess I am taking his rushing attempts. Sits at nine and a half. He's missed that seven times this year. And last week he, he got nine and not ten. So I think they've been trying to rely on him a little bit more as opposed to David Montgomery. Maybe he's just hot. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. But uh, Jameer Gibbs is looking nice for that that offense. He's been running real hard recently, too. I like it. So I'm taking the ten or nine and a half over and a touchdown for a Monra for the Lions. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I like all of that. Um, I'm with it. It kind of has the feel of the game that I've laid out, um, mm. which is interesting because you like the over, but yeah. we do like <laughs> unders on a good chunk of these props. Um, so in terms of the game, my final score prediction is this. I've got the Lions. 22, 49ers, <laughs> 21. And here's why. I think the Lions have shown enough defensively in the playoffs specifically that they're going to get the necessary stops. I think they're going to keep the Niners from just chunking them in the run game. I think Goff will not always look great, but I think he's comfortable He's going home to San Francisco. Each one of these playoff games has meant something to him. This one is no different. And I believe it or not, I really do trust Dan Campbell in a big spot. Uh So I think the way this game plays out is kind of close back and forth the whole way. Uh I like the Lions to score at the end of the game. They're down one. And because it's Dan Campbell and it's been his MO all year, Mm -hmm. they don't kick the extra point to go to overtime. They go for two and they win it. Now. Yeah. And I that's just how I think it plays out. I could see any range of outcomes for this game. That's the one I'm going with. That's the one I feel confident in. So I think we get a Lions Ravens Super Bowl. That's where I'm at. Okay. Now in turn real quick, it kinda <laughs> just reminded me of it. Obviously I, I sent that dumb message early, call call them can balls, you know. But it kind of reminds me of our old guy, Coach Kashan. Where he he was like getting a tie is like kissing your sister on the lips or whatever yes, you would say right yes, where he it, was yes. just gonna go end it now or win win by the <laughs> two or just lose and get it over with you know so that that, that was that, also that uh, he was also to give context he was also saying that about freshman football where he didn't even get to play <laughs> overtime so just high school freshman football I mean a little different here but yes shout out to Coach Kashan. Yeah, and so obviously we're gonna differ on this one. So whoever you want to roll with this week, pick pick your poison. But I'm taking the Lions plus seven as you are as well. Seems like a lot of points, especially for a team that's been humming down the stretch. And I like the Niners winning, so I have them for my money line bet. And of course, you know, if if you want to make a little extra couple bucks, you could sprinkle some on the Lions with TB. And you know, either way, you're looking at something. But yeah, that's where where my head is for this game. Okay, so you like Ravens 49ers Super Bowl. Yep. I'm on Ravens Lions. Yep. Um, we talked a little bit about fun storylines. No matter what, I think the NFL is winning here. No matter what the outcome is, I do that think we end up with a with a at least fun conversations going into the Super Bowl. Now, whether or not that Super Bowl actually is. Mm-hmm. A great game, you know. That's obviously, we'll get there. We'll get there, but 
I think no matter what, we've got some fun storylines. We've got some great games this weekend, and that's the, the focus. Yeah, is true. We have two really, really worthy championship games. Um, so I'm excited to watch, and uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to do a little Pro Bowl roster draft. We'll review, obviously, what happens in the championship games, and we may sprinkle in some Super Bowl storylines, coaching news, off-season things that are happening in the NFL. True, true. And, uh, and we we'll get ourselves ready. Yeah. All right. Till then. Take Love us out, guys. Ray Ray. Fist in the air, represent God's blessing. Freedom!